Hello and welcome to the Marvelous No Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Henry, and this is my other co-host, Matthew. I'm still here, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and today we've got a very special guest, uh, Jay. Hi, uh, it's Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's over today to talk about Paris Caribbean because he's, well, I think we all are kind of fans of the franchise, but I think Jay is quite a big fan, is that right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I was obsessed with it when I was a kid, and the only toys I used to have were Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so yeah so we have like quite a i think i got like a wild a varying array of like opinions from all three of us on the on the five movies um yeah so i guess first of all i just want to go through like the general opinions of the films like first off um so jay do you want to tell us what you like in general what you think of the whole franchise oh god is the whole the whole franchise is yeah. i mean it's it, it's great, right? Pirates of the Caribbean is an amazing franchise, but as a whole, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not <laughs> as great as a whole. Independently yeah. or the original trilogy, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you do the last two, then uh, that's when we start losing some points. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a popular opinion at the moment, definitely. Um, so, Matthew, what do you think of the general franchise? I'm very much the same. Yeah. I think that the first three untouchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they're they're on the pedestal. You can't uh, <laughs> can't touch yeah. them. Yeah. However, it's like it's like they sort of f- f- took their eyes off the road a little bit mm-hmm. and crashed into a tree, <laughs> did a flip, <laughs> landed on an oil tanker and exploded. <laughs> that's um that's a very good description. <laughs> um yeah, I think the same thing here for me. I uh. I really love the first three movies a lot, and I rewatch them like once a year, maybe. Um, but those last two, I, I see. I think I've seen them once, and I kind of avoid avoid them like whenever I can. Uh, Every year for Christmas, I get a DVD in me in me stocking. <laughs> last year, I got Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tell No Tales, and yeah. it's still in its packet. Like I've not, I've not opened it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't blame you, really. <laughs> um, I um, I think, I do. would you agree, Jay, that you were quite excited for the fifth one, at least? Yeah, because, I mean, the fifth one had the promise of, you know, Will and Elizabeth returning. And I feel like them, especially in the first film, the first film was made to be about them too. Yeah. And when it wasn't, that's when the series and franchise sort of dwindled a bit. So to have them back sort of brought a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. magic to it. But, I mean, they weren't really in that all that much. They had, like, one or two scenes. So it was it was a disappointment in that fact. But um, I was yeah. quite excited for the redemption from Stranger Tides. <laughs> yeah. I can't actually remember the scenes in, in Dead Men Tell No Tales. With all Elizabeth? Yeah, no, I, I don't remember the scenes at all. <laughs> I think there's two scenes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, Will has one at the start where he his son tries to like kill himself just so his dad will come and pick him up. Oh yeah. And then at the end, then Will and Elizabeth reunite, and then of course you know spoiler alert for the post credit scene, but then they're in bed with each other, and Davy Jones's shadow comes back. <laughs> I remember that. I remember oh, thinking, oh god, yeah. oh god, it's. Oh god! If they ever make a, a next one and it's then as David Jones came back somehow, I I will be so angry <laughs> in general because like the third movie is just like a good ending in general I would say, um, especially with David Jones and how he kind of wraps up, and I just don't mm-hmm. I, just, I don't want more from him <laughs> you know yeah like he was probably the best villain they had mm-hmm. and. To bring him back just doesn't make sense. As much as I love Bill Nye and mm-hmm. his performance, and in college, me and Lachlan would just recite Davy Jones quotes <laughs> to each other. <laughs> yeah. You can't bring him back yeah. to be a serious franchise. Yeah, it's it's kind of like he's, his whole arc is just completely done. Um, and I feel like him coming back the same way of like, it's kind of like we're really running on fumes here and just bringing back old things, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I I kind of understand that when it comes to like really old blockbusters that like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, but like Pirates of the was ten years ago. Like we don't have that much nostalgia for Davy Jones coming back. Really, <laughs> um, it's yeah. I don't. I hope it kind of 
the franchise kind of ends in a way, like with the fifth one, and we just don't further ruin it. <laughs> um, so I don't see so it. Yeah, that's, that's where I sort of like delve into a different path. I kind of I don't want them to make a six one for the mm-hmm. simple fact I think they butchered it with the last two. But yeah. I feel like to make it even, to have the original trilogy and then the second trilogy, to finish on a really powerful like six movie, I reckon that would be brilliant. But of mm-hmm. course, you can't do it unless Johnny Depp's on board. I know they've been like speculating like doing the sixth one without Johnny Depp, but yeah. they've killed you know Jeffrey Rush off, you know Barbosa. Oh, it's huge that. Johnny Depp <laughs> is you know going through his crisis, so they can't make another Pirates of the Caribbean without you know them two. Yeah, it's yeah. I feel like if they're going to make the last one, like the sixth one, be the last big one, it's they're going to have to, like, spend, like, a good amount of time making it and, like, making sure it's a good movie, first and foremost. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I think the fourth and fifth one, despite the fact that they've, like... It's only been two Pirates of Caribbean movies in the last ten years. Um, they still feel like rushed, like, movies. Like, they don't feel like a natural progression of anything that came before. Um, yeah. I think the fourth one especially, even though I think I somewhat dislike the fifth one more than the fourth one. I think the fourth one feels like a spin-off movie and not like an absolute Pirates Caribbean. Would you I agree? much prefer four. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think four's passable, whereas five is more of a... <laughs> Why am I watching this? I just want to go home. No, I think, I, think, I think Dead Man... I think I much prefer the fifth one over the fourth. Because like Andrew said, it's just like a side quest film, really. Yeah. This one tries to go back into the roots of the original, where, you know, the two new love interests are, like, the main characters, and Jack's, like, sort of a side plot. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, the the way Johnny's played him, and the characters then written, of course, to sort of complement, you know, the divorce and the accusations with his wife, mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't then work, and it feels just odd to see Jack Sparrow in that sort of a way, especially when you contrast that with how he was in the first film. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my next topic was going to be just in general our opinion on Jack Sparrow as the movies like go on because um, uh, I think I think there's kind of a a weird I don't want to say there's an instinct decrease in quality from the character I just think that I think his best performance is still the first movie but the fourth mm-hmm. and fifth movie really just like bring him down <laughs> um, would you agree? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. The first one was just so fresh and original, and you could see sort of like the love and the passion that Johnny sort of put into the character. Mm-hmm. And then as the movies progressed, it, it was no longer, you know, Johnny playing this pirate character. It was now Johnny playing Jack <laughs> as needs be. Like, it, it, was, yeah. it, it was just like meant to be this like mysterious like character who was so like confident and arrogant but would, like, obviously, like, mess up, but he'd always be able to, like, save it. He was a quick thinker. Yeah. As the movie progressed, he just became this almost bumbling idiot, stumbling <laughs> through everything and somehow being lucky. It yeah. was no longer sort of... It didn't flow quite right. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, Matthew, do yeah. you, you agree with that? Yeah, I think you're left with the feeling from the original three that maybe it's an act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And there are certain things he does where... You can see, yes, that's how he's survived this long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, it's just more luck. Yeah. And as well, it's sort of the weird feeling where in the first ones, you sort of feel like he maybe is the main character, but then he really isn't. Because mm-hmm. it's particularly from Dead Man's Chest onwards, it's really um, Elizabeth and Will that take center stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you know. But that's sort of the impressive part of it is that they all manage to have their own depth and their own development and their own arcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why it feels like such a, a drop-off and why you said it feels like a spin-off, because it's complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've all learned something. They've all, they've all changed. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the third news has like incredibly like big stakes, like, there's the um, Cutler Becker character who's take, like taking like uh, control of all the seas and like there's all these like sort of big grand like there's a, there's a whirlpool uh, uh, <laughs> ship fight at the end of the third one um, 
But like you get to the fourth one, and even some parts of the fifth one just feel like we're going backwards in a way. Like we're just doing something different for like some fun for two hours. <laughs> um, which yeah, and um, I would agree that in the first one I do feel like it's his best performance because it it does feel fresh and new, and it does feel like he's not taking over the movie, even though you kind of get that feeling from him. But and then I think it goes to the second and third movie as well, where he's not the main character, but he is getting more and more to do. He's more of like a, a fleshed out character, which can be sometimes a, a thing going against the character because sometimes it works better him being a complete mystery. Um, but in the fourth one, especially, I think, and in the fifth one is a complete different problem. But in the fourth one, I think um, him becoming the main character and even getting like a romance plot with um, the, the female pirate cat person, I can't remember the name of <laughs> Penelope Cruz's character. Yeah, yeah. I feel like putting Jack Sparrow into that protagonist, main character, romance, action, hero, um, uh, character, like, character slot does not really work. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and then the fifth movie just becomes just an idiot <laughs> in all the ways. Um, yeah, it's... And do you, would you say that is the actual performance gets worse, or would you say it's just the scripts, Jay? Uh, oh, it's a little bit... I mean, the fifth one, you know, the script had to be changed to, of course, you know, compensate Johnny Depp's personal problems. So then you could say the script writing was, in, in that sense, bad. Um, yeah. But with the fourth one, like, yes, because the first, the first film had all of its, like, setups and payoffs and it really focused on Will and Elizabeth and had all these other characters and they're, like, little mini-stories. Mm-hmm. With, with Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, you still had all the different sort of stories and characters, and that's why I think they work, because it focused on Will and Elizabeth. Yes, mm-hmm. it put more attention on Jack as the star, like, character. Yeah. But he had his own story arc, which then would intertwine with theirs. Yeah. As soon as you get to the fourth film, it's literally just Jack's story and any other sort of side plot or like, like that mermaid and the the priest guy. Like, what was that story about? They briefly <laughs> mentioned it, and yeah. like it just got forgotten about and brushed under. So yeah. they clearly didn't care about anything other than oh, it's just Jack and he's you know going for the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With nothing, and then you know the whole payoff with you know Blackbeard against Barbosa, like. It was just mentioned, but it wasn't ever, wasn't ever like thought of. <laughs> just yeah, like, out, and then at the end, they went, "Oh yeah, this was a thing. We'll quickly put this in." Yeah, um, yeah, I get. Yeah, it's like um, it's like in the first three, there's like an actual story being told that isn't about having Jack Sparrow be the the icon that he became after the first one. Um, it mm-hmm. feel like an actual like big story, um, and sometimes, yeah, I think the Especially sometimes in the third movie, it can get a bit too complicated. Like, there is a lot going on. Um, and there is, like, a lot of different plot lines that all, don't always, like, match each other, like, where they, where they are at. Um, yeah. But you go forward to the fourth movie, and even the fifth one, which is... It's so simple, in a way. And I think that it's because they're trying to do the first movie again. Um, which I don't think is working very well. Because <laughs> um, the first movie is... It has that weird charm to it where it isn't just a great movie. It's one of those like surprising great movies where I don't think anyone in 2003 expected to be any good. Um, so I think yeah. when you watch that film, it's um, it has that effect of like like Jesus Christ, this is like really good for some reason. <laughs> um, and I think coming back to the fourth, the fourth and fifth movie that are not really expanding on the first movie, just making another first movie. It feels like well, he's doing the same thing again, but slightly worse, um, or much worse, really. Um, and I do think uh, Jack Sparrow becomes like a really oddly like passive character. He just sort of, especially I want, especially in the fifth movie. Um, in the fourth movie, he does get like dragged around by other characters. Like people, I think Penelope Cruz's character literally says to him, "You want to come on this quest to get the Fountain of Youth because." I want it, not because he wants it, really. It's just because he wants it for a father. Um, and in the fifth movie, I think he's just, like, there by chance. <laughs> um, I can't really remember, honestly. Um, is he there by chance? <laughs> I, can't I can't remember either. I think it's just, yeah, he was trying to get the ball back 
look, this is the thing, right? These are the two most recent movies. 2017 was when the last one came out. That's only like three years, and none of us can really remember. <laughs> Dory. Yeah. The first three movies we could recite to each other like almost word for word here. The yeah. last two are just atrocious. Yeah. But yeah, it was just sort of like brought onto it and like, hey, oh, I've got caught up in this and I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, because I remember the fifth movie, I feel like that movie is trying to be like kind of like a commentary on the franchise itself because it, by that point it lost a lot of steam. And I think Jack Sparrow being like down and out on his look is meant to be the franchise, like down and out, down and out on his look. But the, mm. the movie never makes Jack Sparrow learn anything or get better. Um, and I think the I don't even know if they try to, because I remember there's a flashback scene in the fifth one with like a young Jack Sparrow. And um, I think they like try to explain that how he got his hat <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't first really we've all been wondering since the first film yeah all the questions we've had um, yeah I think they give him his compass and then he goes I'm Jack Sparrow now and then it cuts to the present time and he's just still an idiot I don't really understand what the whole arc was I don't really think I remember at the end as well I think that the girl character and the the swan turner's son I think they like essentially saved the day but and Jack Sparrow is just kind of watching him do it. Uh, and I don't... Yeah, it's odd. It's just so odd in the fourth or fifth movie, especially because you would think that they would... Knowing that he's the star of the movie, you'd think that they would, like, make him an actual, like, Indiana Jones active sort of character. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> Into, like, a new topic, what... Uh, Jay, what would you like to, like, happen if they're going to make the next one? I mean... Because we already said, like, one of like, really, like, a final send-off. But, like, what do you think the movie needs to be to, in order to have that last good movie? <laughs> yeah. It needs... I think it needs to do some, like, justified fan service, however they're going to do it. Because the thing is, like, with the first film, like, the post credit scene was just the monkey in the prison. That's all the callback to the, to the ride. Yeah. We weren't going to do anything else of it. You know, Dead Man's Chest, you had sort of just the dog and the boar and that sort of complemented the movie mm-hmm. world's end it foreshadowed the you know the fountain of youth which made stranger tides and stranger tides forgot completely about her having the voodoo doll and then boomer and dead man's chest so it needs to do some callbacks to other movies to sort mm-hmm. of wrap up everything that it's tried telling but hasn't yeah and then at the same time just sort of redeem jack because like you were saying in the fourth film nothing really happens like it's meant to be this big redemption arc that's clearly what the story was going for when mm-hmm. jack was you know a slump and he loses his ship and his crew and everything yeah but then by the end of the film what what's really changed like why did the crew go back to jack there was nothing that they just came randomly because that like wilson said yeah he then never did anything to prove to them that he was you know the captain jack we all know and love mm-hmm. and it was just nothing he did nothing through that entire fifth movie to have any sort of redemption but by the end of the movie you know he stands there on his on on the pearl and it's done with his next adventure like Mm -hmm. i don't understand so it needs to be a proper redemption arc yeah the character as well as the series as a whole Mm -hmm. yeah um i i agree definitely i think as well it would it would be really helpful um to have the original director back um vabinsky um so i feel like his his, not just his way of like writing the films or um doing jack sparrow i think it was more his i feel like he added something to those movies where it wasn't just another blockbuster that was gonna do a general pirate um sort of action scene um i feel like he added a lot of like that comic sort of weird that weirdness to it all um that the fact that for the majority of the first three movies, and, you, and again, sometimes in the fourth and fifth movies, there's like a lot of like physics bending action that makes no real sense. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of people point out the big wheel fight in Dead Man's Chest. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like a great sequence that stands out, and it just it's so different from what we get now as well from general blockbusters. We don't really get that much of that much of like a weird epic action sequence, um, and I think that the fourth and fifth movies, I 
barely remember like the accent in those movies. Um, I think there's a bank. There's like a bank heist in the fifth one. Is there? Yeah, it's definitely seen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I think at the end they go have like a. Is there like a like a parting in the sea or something? Yeah, I remember that because it swallows up and mm. um, in engulfs Barbosa. Yeah. That's all I remember, just that. <laughs> yeah. Um comparing that to like not even not even like the big whirlpool sequence, like even like the first like proper action scene with um Will and Jack Sparrow in the the blacksmith, like even comparing that it's like I remember every every time like a sword hit each other in that scene, um compared to yeah. the new one. That, yeah. That scene is an incredible scene because it, it, it sums up perfectly what a good sort of fight scene is because when you break it down it's just sort of a fight between jack and sort of will like a little bit of a dismantled argument mm-hmm. but you can see that jack at the start of it you know he walks around will so he tests his footwork he does one or two like hits so he knows he's got good coordination and that yeah. and then from there he's able to like sort of learn how he fights and how he knows will mm-hmm. how he knows how to sort of fight so jack then of course you know has to do the cheating and all that yeah. And then it's brilliant because Will traps Jack by throwing the, the sword into the door and he can't get out. By the end of the film, when Jack's about to get hung, Will does that same move but then saves Jack's life. So yeah. then it sort of contrasts that. And that's what the other films have failed to do. They've failed mm-hmm. to create that intricacy. It's almost like a da- it's not just a random action scene for the sake of an action scene. It needs to be like an almost choreographed dance almost. Mm-hmm. It's got to have some meaning behind it. What? Why is it important to the story? What? develops the characters really yeah. and how can then nicole we call this back at the end of it yeah i completely agree it's it's amazing how it's first three movies um things start like coming back and like just in general i feel like they're if there's like a big moment that is made to be a big moment it's because at some point it'll become important as a as a character thing so even like like you were saying the sword thing in the door it kind of you could like you could put those two moments next to each other and you can completely tell from that how Will and Sparrow have changed as, like, characters. Um, like, from just that one accent, you can tell all you need to know. Um, and I compare that to the fourth movie. Uh, I think at the end, they, they fight in one, a big cave. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think... I think... No, no, oh, yeah, I can't remember now. Um, there's a big fight happening, but Jack Sparrow's not really doing anything. He's kind of just doing his Jack Sparrow stuff. <laughs> Running in the middle of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole, uh, the mermaid subplot is happening literally in the corner. Um, it's it's so odd that there's so much stuff in that fourth film when you think about it, but so much of it doesn't at all mean anything as one, like, whole movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think Sparrow and the priest talk more than once. Um, I don't think the mermaid talks to anyone even. <laughs> and again, Penelope Cruz's character, even though I don't think I don't think she's terrible, I just think that just having a romance done with that Sparrow character is already doing like a disservice to it. It feels like um, it feels like you kind of put him into the main role, which he shouldn't be. Um, and I guess in another topic, I was kind of was wondering, what are your favorite? Like your favorite Jack Sparrow moments, um, Jay. Like, what, what's yours? Um. Oh, my favorite Jack Sparrow moment. Um. Oh god, that's a really tricky one now. Um. <laughs> yeah. after, you know, after we've just slated it up for how like terrible the writing and all that is, the the first moment. It's got to be in. In the first film, just his introduction, like he's introduced as this like godlike pirate. You know, the camera swoops down from a low angle. Mm-hmm. and see them like towering above everything else and then you realize you know it's a sinking little dinghy really <laughs> yeah <laughs> just ends up in the character you know you have this larger than life character who always has a way out and a plan and mm-hmm. even the wind like flowing through his hair and stuff sort of represents this like this status on him and then you know he gets off the boat and just wandles in throws some money to the guy and then pinches it almost immediately back. It just, that yeah. is Jack. That's yeah. how he should be. And then when you open, you know, the fifth film and he's, you know, drunk, 
hungover in a safe in a random bank. It, it's like it's it, embarrassing, really. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's embarrassing that because in even though the first one makes him out to be some sort of kind of an idiot, they still kind of managed to make him like a graceful kind of good good like good guy but he's kind of an idiot sort of thing <laughs> um like he pays off that guy and he still manages to get back onto the dock by on the little dinghy um when you compare that to the fifth movie where i think he, he kind of wakes up in the bank and then literally i think gets taken on, taken on like a ride by the bank like through like a rope he doesn't really <laughs> do anything active <laughs> yeah he doesn't do anything um yeah so matthew what's your favorite like Barrel moment. Oh, so many to pick from. Um, I can. So, so the ones that initially come to my mind. Mm-hmm. One of them is when he in Dead Man's Chest, when he's just the leader of this tribe. <laughs> <laughs> he just stumbles into being this leader of a tribe. Yeah. Um, um and then him just. I, I always remember him running around the mountain, and they're all like, "Oh, look, it's Jack!" <laughs> and then the whole. Just the whole, all the tribe come around the corner after him. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of others now. There are, obviously, there's just so many. You just try to pinpoint which one. It's when you get asked the mind. question, you forget them all, isn't it? Uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always remember him sitting on the top of the mast in De- in World's End. <laughs> just yeah. battling David Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that's a, like a, that's a really good, like... Um, contrast as well even the second one where he's on the island again it's it's all like a bumbling idiot sort of um, moment for him but at the same time he does like by his own his own will like escape he actually like does things in the story and it's weird that we're like um uh, criticizing movies for making our characters not do anything because like you think i'd be like a basic thing for like your main character um so it's weird how much they just dropped the ball on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, my favorite Jack Sparrow moment, and there is like a lot, um, it's hard to choose, but I do think in the second movie where he is, like, I think it's just before the big wheel fight and he's fighting Will and Captain Norrington. And like, he kind of stops them from fighting for a bit as they're going to kill him. And he essentially, he has nothing going on like for him. There's nothing like that's going to save him from, certain death in this moment but he kind of somehow manages to talk his way through it and he just says well james Norrington, think about it well we'll turn it he's a reason that you're like not a, a commander anymore and you're living poor and no one likes you and will smith uh, will smith <laughs> um will turn it pops out there pops out the bushes starts doing the uh, fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> that'll be a sixth one um <laughs> and will turn it he talks about talks to him about how He's lost Elizabeth and all these sort of things because of because of Norrington, and then from that, them two start fighting each other, and Jack Sparrow just walks away, um, and then from that, he falls falls into a grave. <laughs> so I think having that contrast between him being that good as a, as a, like a con artist, and then that bad as being just a human being, is a great like two minute scene that just tells you everything you need to know about this character, um, and I think. Again, compare. I keep on comparing it to the fourth, fifth movie, but it's hard not to when it's so, so different. <laughs> um, it's. I mean, I... that's a that's a brilliant scene to sort of like contrast because, like, when you were saying earlier about in the fourth film when you have the you know the fight in the cave where the fountain is, mm-hmm. right there, you know, the Spanish army come to fight Blackbeard's army, and then you've got you know Jack and some other people. Yeah. And Barbosa's stuff. So everyone's fighting everyone. And I think, I mean, Jack says it himself. They pick it in the story. It's like, like he says, well, hang on a minute. Like, I need to understand something. So we will fight against them. They will fight against you. Only in the accounts of him wanting to kill him. And that's it. All of them, for some reason, just have this big brawl. They've built yeah. up some story and mentioned it at times. But in Dead Man's Chest, it's Jack has a motive where he doesn't want to be eaten by the Kraken. Will has a motive to save his father and Norrington wants his life back it's yeah. a meaningful fight then between the three of them where the stakes are high but yeah. in the fourth film it's like oh the Spanish you know have been mentioned that the one the fountain open here they are we mentioned them at the start of the film and they're just randomly here there's been nothing built on it while in yeah. Dead Man's Pest we've, we've looked and followed the three of them to see that Norrington's been like crap and he's you know been 
summoned to work with Jack and he's been covered in pig, you know. Yeah. Stuff. Jack, you know, has been terrified and running from the Kraken and Will's been on the boat with his dad the entire time. Mm-hmm. So they've built up that backstory for that, like, miniature fight to mean something. But then, you know, the fourth one just sort of throws all of its pieces together like a kid with toys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even in, yeah, again, fourth one at the end, uh, there's like, I think there's a Spanish, like, army there as well. Um, and the Spanish <laughs> people don't do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they destroy it and leave. Like, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think they, like, I think the fourth one, is, it starts off with them introducing the Spanish, the Spanish army. And, I'm, and the entire movie, you're thinking... Well, it must be important if you're going to have the first minute of your film introduced to Spanish army and like they're going to they're going to be big players. And mm-hmm. I think we see them on the boat, and, like on the way to the Fountain of Youth twice or maybe once even. And then at the end they come into it and you forget that they're even coming. And then like they they I think they like stamp on the cup things and then just leave. Um, they don't really have an impact because the movie continues on anywhere about them. Um, they make a bit of like ruckus, like they don't really do. Again, they don't really do anything. Um, which I, I kind of want to. If I'm going into like the behind the scenes, I kind of want to say it's probably because um, in the first three, and especially the third one, which was a three-hour epic movie, which had so much going on. I feel like if anything, the criticism of those movies was that they were too complicated because there was so much going on. Um, yeah. So I feel like the movie. They may have kind of leaned into the whole comedic aspect of it, and instead of doing a whole, an actual big intricate, yeah, in uh, confusing storyline or whatever, um, with lots of different pieces moving, um, they decided to instead like come back down to just being a very simple adventure story. But even then, it's not a good one because this, like the first one is a very good simple adventure story, but the fourth movie is like it's a simple adventure story, but it's just not. There is no personal stakes in it any, at any point. Um, I don't yeah. really see the point of the whole movie <laughs> in this sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, one them, it's, one, it's one of them issues where the first one had, you know, undead pirates. The mm-hmm. second one had dead pirates. The third one kept them dead pirates. And then the fourth one had then pirate zombie people. Yeah. And the fifth one went back to having dead pirates. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, the, the needs something, it's probably why Baby Jones is so recognisable, just because of the amazing performance that Bill played, as well as all the other antagonists, well, all the other villains, rather, are just dead zombie creatures trying to get Jack. Like, yeah. Um, we need some variety. Yeah. Um, do, I think next time, uh, next time, their next topic will be like a, like, how would you rank the villains, I guess? Because I feel like it's... I feel like we all know that maybe the top two ones, but I always, it's always interesting, interesting to see a difference between people's opinions on Blackbeard and Salazar, isn't it? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you rank the villains, Jay? Um, David Jones has definitely got to be number one. Mm-hmm. Right. Incredible. Performance. Barbosa strong too. You know, them two can sort of have their own battle of top place and bottom place. Mm-hmm. But because, yeah. you know, Barbosa was kind of an ally for the rest of the movies, you kinda lean more to Davy Jones being the ultimate like pirates bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy. Um as for, you know, Salazar or whatever and um Blackbeard. Blackbeard wasn't even a villain. <laughs> yeah, you can't say he was a villain because Jack was like you said earlier. He was just sort of thrown onto onto that boat for no real reason other than like that he had that piece of like the map that I could show you where the fountain was. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard had nothing against Jack, and yeah. Jack had no fear over Blackbeard other than he had the pearl. But them two at the time didn't even know that until like halfway through the film. <laughs> yeah, so I think. Blackbeard was definitely the worst villain in the series, and probably the biggest wasted potential. Yeah, I would agree, definitely. Yeah, because you're talking about bringing Blackbeard in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, but in 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 terms of like myths about pirates and stories about well, it's not myth, but in terms of stories about pirates, mm-hmm. Blackbeard's the big one. 
Yeah, like everyone. He's knows. your Thanos. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Blackbeard, even if you have no interest in pirates or anything like that. Um, and like everyone knows, like the story, like Blackbeard being like the worst pirate that all pirates fear, and you know he got his head chopped off in battle, and his body jumped back on the ship and continued fighting. It's like <laughs> so many like myths and like legends over like the way Blackbeard died and how terrifying he was, yeah. and then he was made into this like paranoid schizophrenic like freak <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's kind of a um, he kind of just like comes to the story about half an hour into it and just kind of is there like similar to jack sparrow i guess he's kind of like just there on the ship and i think that the only real active characters in those two in the fourth movie is probably like barbosa and the female pirate uh Pelope cruz character um mm-hmm. i think because they they want like certain things for actual like real personal reasons. Um, even though like the Penelope Cruz character is very like wishy washy kind of I don't know which side she's on. Similar to Jack Sparrow, um, you still get a sense that there's something personal about what he wants to do in the story. Um, but yeah, like similarly like Blackbeard, he's kind of just I feel like they were like how do we top David Jones or even Barbosa? And we kind of thought, well, Blackbeard, because it's Blackbeard, but then didn't do anything to enhance the idea of him just being Blackbeard. Um, yeah. It's sort of just, well, you know the name. You got the good actor, Ian McShane. He'll do okay, I guess. Um, here he is. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your opinion on the fifth villain, uh, Salazar? Uh, he's, um, he's good, but he's just like, he's better than Blackbeard. Because at least he had like something against Jack. <laughs> yeah. Just it, it was just like an almost carbon copy of like the first film being like boned dead like ghost pirate type things, mm-hmm. and it just he never seemed like a big threat. Not really. Like, no. <laughs> uh, no, you have the scene of him running to the shore and then he can't step on the land and that, and mm-hmm. then you have him chasing them for a bit and then wishy-washy stuff happens it's just like there's i don't feel any sort of stakes to this and then when i do watch it i don't feel you know worried about the characters or that i just thought what is this mess of a <laughs> scene yeah <laughs> um yeah i would agree that Salazar for me is a bit better in a sense that i do feel like at least he's he, just has, he has like a backstory to do with the fact that Zack Sparrow kind of ruined his life and all these sort of things um yeah it's a solid backstory for a good arc for him, but I think that the movie doesn't even end with like them having not even a battle really. Like I don't think they they ever come to a conclusion on them two. I think it is. I think it's the Will Turner son that just kind of. Um, I think he breaks like the curse or something like that. Um, yeah. And that releases. Salazar, and then Salazar's like, well, I'm going to die now because I'm underwater or something like that. Um, and I think, I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Matthew, what do you think about Salazar? Uh, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it just, to me, it just feels like the sort of more generic, I'm a bad guy, I'm going to mm. hunt you down because you wronged me. Yeah. It just feels... A bit. I don't. Want, I don't want to say generic because I'm sure they did put some effort in. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they just wanted a plot device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just yeah. felt like they wanted to create a reason to do with the plot that Jack has to do all these things and go on an adventure that he doesn't particularly want to go on. Yeah. And it felt like the reason they had was just a ghostly villain who is sort of a combination between Barbosa and Davy Jones. Yeah. Uh, it's a magic ship with magic people on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I wouldn't Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kinda of hard to like to talk about the It's kinda of, it's it's hard to grasp. Yeah. We put like, like some it's... effort in to make him a bit like scary and like aggressive. Yeah. Really, the only yeah. scene you can see which was a bit of a threat is when he's, like, threatening Barbosa. But even then, it's just... It doesn't feel like it, it, it'll go anywhere. 
It's just mm-hmm. like I was one person from your crew every time I go with my stick. And it, well, yeah. point, I don't know any of his crew, so they can die for all I care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From the original film where you knew all of them, you knew Gibbs, you know, Pintel and Rigetti, you know, the small bald guy, Martin, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd feel upset if then you saw one of them die or it was like, I'll kill one of these. But it wasn't. It was just a bunch of generic dressed pirates. Yeah, there's some people that were on board. <laughs> um, and again, it's sort of, I think, a weird thing of Barbosa and Salazar don't really have any sort of conflict anyway. It's just there to be a bit scary and a bit menacing. Um, and it just, yeah, it kind of rings false in so many ways. Um, and I feel like I made a big point of it on like the opinion post on the Pirates Caribbean I did, but that, that weird five-minute scene where Jack Sparrow gets married... Um, is I think, the worst scene in this franchise <laughs> um, because I I would say that the first three are definitely jokey um, kind of funny quippy movies, um, but I never felt like any at any point do I ever feel like the first three movies ever stopped to do a joke. Um, it was always like a part of a a scene that was about something else or if it like was a nice a, Yeah, it was. Yeah, it would always be. For like some reason that would like make us go forward in the plot. Um, in the fifth one, I remember the, the the wedding scene is. I think by accident they get onto an island and they just Jack Sparrow wakes up and he's getting married and it's five minutes long. Like <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I don't really understand the point of it. And I think it's a pretty great example of what really brings down the the new like the last two movies. Um, it just, it all feels like a bit extra instead of like the next actual chapter. It just feels more like, well, it makes money, so we'll do some more. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, like, this, they must have, like, for art, it's a comedic series, therefore we'll do more and more jokes. But yeah, it just, it just feels like. We like it, let's like make them laugh, but that's not why we liked it in the first place. Yeah. We. If Jack Sparrow was the main sort of like audience takeaway from the first three, it was because he wasn't just the comedic character in a serious setting. It was because like he was a character as himself as well. Like he had a little arc in the first movie. He had so many different things that were mysterious about him. He was actually he would do stuff that propelled the plot forward. Um, he wasn't just the big joke off the movie. Um, and then the fifth one, I mean. There's even a scene where he has no he has no um no trousers on and that's the joke. Um it's uh it's it's really like depressing when you think about it. <laughs> the downfall. Um We've been brutal. Yeah, we have been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean if they're gonna make a redemption six one like they keep saying they're going to, the need to take constructive criticism from every article, every mm-hmm podcast or video made about it mm-hmm. because like henry said it's the fifth film had that entire wedding it was like five minutes of just a joke which then makes the franchise and the film itself just look as an embarrassing joke the first like film and the other you know dead man's chest and world's end don't really have any scene that is meant to be a joke to have like throwaway lines or little comments or like a nice witty uh back and forth bit of banter between the characters and that makes it entertaining and funny you know when they're all around the pirates table and that guy goes and so we shall go to war it's like that's a really serious scene but that's a really funny line that just quickly get in and it's just like quick boom and it's brilliant and it makes that entire scene hilarious mm-hmm. for the right reasons yeah the wedding makes the film look like a joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i it's kind of like a big it's kind of like a big remember you're watching a movie sort of thing to the audience when you do something like that and just make it a five minute scene that means nothing um yeah, yeah. I just, it's like it's so weird to me um with yeah yeah I think with that the comedy it's it's big it's more that you notice that with the four and five in that like you said they're going for more comedic scenes they dedicate specific scenes to comedy and you think that's is that why they're doing it? Are they just doing this to milk it, and that's how they think the Pirates of the Caribbean films go? 
mm-hmm. when in reality the first two sequels, Dead Man's Chest and World's End, you can tell, as well as the fact that they were made back to back and they were released in consecutive years, mm-hmm. you had that sense of they had a vision for it and they have a vision for the story and it's not just capitalising on the success of the first one. Yeah. Because yeah. one of the things I always come back to, one of the I always admire about Pirates of the Caribbean is that for the two sequels, they just thought, let's just do it. Let's make <laughs> these films. Let's make them as big and as bold and as ridiculous as we can because we've got a story to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like a good, like, a good indicator of that is the first, like, 10 minutes of Dead Man's Chest is so... I, it's, I don't want to say it's, like, depressing or sad. It's more like the status quo that we got to by the end of the first one is sort of, like, from the get-go, kind of ruined. Um, um, Elizabeth and Will are not getting married anymore. Um, Jack Sparrow's on, like, getting chased by something else now. <laughs> and it has this very dark foreboding beginning to that second film. Um, and again, it isn't do that thing that sequels sometimes do, where they they kind of revert the last movie and then get to the same place again. So it could have easily been a second movie was going to be another adventure where... Jack Sparrow um, has to do another, another MacGuffin chasing thing and Will is about to get back together. Um, instead, that second movie is very much a delving into Will, Will Turner's character and with his father and Elizabeth's character and how much he wants to be an actual pirate, not just someone's wife. Um, it's, yeah. It could have been easily another reset, but it, it wasn't. And again, the, the ending of that film was again a cliffhanger and a very dark cliffhanger. <laughs> And it's it, it could have been in, in India in Indiana Jones sort of sequel where it's just like another adventure, um, and it and I feel like Pirates Caribbean as much as it could have worked like that. I feel like having a trilogy that feels like one big holistic sort of experience is is much better as um as a sequel because it just feels like you're watching the story progress instead of just seeing the story happen again but with different pin <clears throat> uh, quarter pin. Um, yeah, and it's the fourth fifth movies definitely feel like the first one again, but to pay a few court <laughs> and you and you caught off the paint. Um, yeah, and I wanted to bring up the like the news that's come out. I think in the last few months about the next one, because um, it's weird like varying reports and what's going to happen. Um, so the first report is that I think it's Margot Robbie is going to be doing a reboot of the Pirates Caribbean. With yeah, with, with the writer from Birds of Prey. Yeah, um, and that's going to have Jack Sparrow not in it um, for some reason. But at the same time, they're also saying that they're having a new Pirates Caribbean movie that's the uh, continuation of the five movies, but without the whole Margot Robbie thing, and it's going to be written by the same people that did the, four, the first five movies. So... <laughs> and... Uh... They still wanted to do it with a female lead pirate because when they're saying they wanted Karen Gillan. Yeah, it's confusing <laughs> what's happening right now. Um, how would you feel, Jay, about if Margot Robbie new female cast or a continuation but without Jack Sparrow really in it that much? This is the thing. Like, I know, especially with the film industry and everything going on with like Black Lives Matter and, and uh, you know, female power, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand the need for it and the representation in film to do it. Mm-hmm. However, like Elizabeth Swan was a fantastic example of a f- strong female lead. Like she was never just like the governor's daughter. She yeah. was this woman character. She did her own thing. She fought against Jack and Will and all of them. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you know, the pirate empress or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's something to look up to. And so the cons, they shouldn't fall into the same boat that the Ghostbusters remake did, where they just did the Ghostbusters, but with women, because mm-hmm. that film flopped, not because it was women cast. There was yeah. a good selection of female actresses there, but just because th- it, it, it wasn't a film that needed to be a film. Like, there didn't need to be a female Ghostbusters, really. Yeah. They made the film because they needed it at the time. And so I don't think that remake in Pirates of the Caribbean or doing the sixth one with an entirely like female lead mm-hmm. is a great idea. I think yeah. if they're going to do it, don't make like a female Jack Sparrow, but do what they tried doing with Penelope Cruz's character in the fourth one. Like make a pirate who was a female mm-hmm. just 
as exciting and stuff as uh, Jack was in the first film. Yeah. And be like, if they don't include Jack, then nothing needs to be done. But if they do include Jack, which I think, again, as a Pirates film, they need to do, mm-hmm. then they can have this sort of, like, back-and-forth thing. So it's almost like Jack's Maddie's rival. And mm-hmm. then they can get that, like, female empowerment and the female representation, but then they can still have Johnny as Jack. And then if they do that, the female character could then be the main character of the sixth film, and Jack can yeah. be back to the sort of support and role almost like he pops in and out of the film here and there and sort of it continues it mm-hmm. yeah i can totally see they can do it <laughs> yeah um it would be i think a great idea for them to do kind of like a star wars thing where you get like a new cast and you have the old cast there supporting the new cast um so i feel like and again I'll, yeah like you said it'll be a great reverting back to jack sparrow being a supporting character first and foremost um which i feel like we, all, we can all agree that is his, that's his best role um because yeah. in the yeah. first especially he's sort of like he's kind of like the like the the thing that gets a plot moving compared to the fourth and fifth movie where the plot happening around him um when you introduce jack sparrow to those first three movies especially the first one it's kind of like you're in- introducing the actual story almost but he's just there to give it to the, give it to the characters for them to figure out um so having him in like a potential sixth movie with maybe a female cast i think that's a great idea but i don't feel like the ghostbusters route of rebooting it but with just the same characters as the last movie but they're this female female now is it's it's just not a good way of doing it (laughs) in general would you agree matthew yeah and as well you have the fact that all the all the anti-women sexist people will be straight on it if they do <laughs> yeah you know you'll have it'll, it'll get review bombed and it'll just be it'll just be sad to see see a pirate film yeah. triggered that way yeah by those ultras <laughs> yeah it's... um because like i think there, there is definitely a way to do it and i think a margot robbie character or a karen gillen character have a have a place I have a potential place in the franchise. Yeah, you've just got to you've just got to approach it like yeah. like the Force Awakens was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like, I mean, even the fifth movie tried to do it. I think in in a, a very small way of like the the main character whose name I can't really remember um, from the fifth movie. Um, I think they kind of tried doing it there, but it's down to the same pitfalls of just like again, way too much comedy, not enough actual personal stakes, not enough. Not enough actual like horror even because I feel like that's a pretty main big thing about the first three movies. Um, they're quite like they're always some place like some sort of horror or like kind of a, a tense scene. It's never. I mean, the fourth movie, I don't really think we have any sort of horror-led sequences. Um, it's no. we don't really have that overpowering, ghostly or powerful antagonist. <laughs> yeah, it, it just yeah. It, yeah, it's just sort of they they ghost because this is the last one we have ghosts kind of. Um, yeah. It's the feeling of the entire series from the fourth one onwards is, is like kind of like we did it before, so we'll do it again, um, sort of thing. Um, yeah, so we're coming up to an hour now. So at the end, you, like just now, do you want to like do a little kind of like a a general kind of opinion on what we just talked about for an hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, to sort of summarise, really, everything we've been saying, I think it's it's all agreed that Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl, which, you know, was released in 2003, it's almost like 20 years old, is still like a staple in just like cinema and stuff. And the way the story is, the characters are written, the plot, everything is a really great example of how to make a really good film, not mm-hmm. just like a Pirates movie. Yeah. But, you know, as time has progressed, they've sort of they've lost the relevant, they've lost the mark. So I think that if they ever did do a 6-1, they need to go back to the roots of let's make a film because we want to make a film and we want people to enjoy it. Not just a, a money-grabbing thing. Oh, people like Pirates of the Caribbean, they like Johnny Depp. Yeah, let's throw it in. Yeah. They need to, to focus on that. There's good parts of all of the films, 
there's bad parts of a few. At World's End, I didn't like how they had the entire Pirate Council and had, you know, the nine Pirate Lords. But then, you know, they don't really fight in the final battle. It would have been great to have them join in at times and stuff. So, you know, there's like little preferences here and there, which probably will change between person to person who you ask. Yeah. But as a whole, it's still a really great film that holds itself together well and mm-hmm. flows naturally. And so as a nice cinematic uh franchise it's got a lot to learn from others like star wars or you know marvel and the avengers and stuff mm-hmm. but something that realistically pirates started the sort of almost post credit scene type stuff disney do and <laughs> yeah. something that was based on a theme park ride the impact it's had on the world and cinema as a whole is phenomenal and so it should always be praised for what it is but it's sad to watch it somewhat die in its own fame <laughs> yeah yeah that's a pretty good way of putting it <laughs> yeah uh matthew what do you like the general the thoughts of the movies <laughs> yeah i think it touching on that again the fact that it's a theme park ride that evolved into a movie uh-huh. you think about that and you think well this this is one of the things that you sh- that shouldn't work yeah. If they announced today that they were, they were doing they were doing a, a film based on one of the rides, everyone would everyone would think, oh god, no, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be terrible. But it wasn't, and the reason it wasn't isn't because of some fluke. It's yeah. because there was careful attention to detail. There was a, a creative idea, and there were people that were committed to achieving it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you had that again with the sequels. Like I said, they just they just decided to go for it. <clears throat> and it ultimately became what people initially thought it would be. Yeah. It's a bit of a, people now see it as a bit of a cash grab, and you just need to return to the idea of, well, nobody expects us to, to do anything, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it half-assed. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, that means we should we should throw more effort at it to make sure that it is what the other one should be, because there's still stuff there that, you can, you can pull it back. It's not dead, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well, something we haven't mentioned, the score, Hans Zimmer's score, <laughs> probably oh. one of the best ever. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I was going to mention that earlier because I was thinking about it when you were talking about the horror. The music just in, like, oh, there's so many, like, songs that I can think of, like, in my head that, you know, give that creepy horror oral vibe. But then it's such a recognisable theme and, like, the music is just a, a soundtrack in itself is, is phenomenal to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. like, an all-time great soundtrack for, like, a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's... What about you, Henry? What's your... Well, I I would say that those first three movies, even though, like, you can have your, like... I feel like many people have, like, maybe small problems here and there. Um, I feel that first trilogy, trilogy is very much one of those great, like, I don't know, like Star Wars or, or Lord of the Rings sort of experience where they are three movies that work so well and are kind of like lightning in a bottle um, sort of things um, that were all, like, creatively led by the director and the writers. Um, and it's always weird to me that, like, these movies came from Disney, um, which is, I always forget this, like, it's a Disney movie. Because um, I yeah. just... Yeah, it's weird to think about that, isn't it? Because they're so not Disney from whatever else they do. Um, I mean, the third movie starts out with, with um, pirate uh, child hangings. <laughs> like, it's it's not the average blockbuster in any sense. Um, and a great example is the runtimes are like... Like, that first movie is pretty long. And then by the time we get to the third one, it's like three hours long. Um, and, like, I could totally see Disney getting nervous about that and saying to the director that you have to keep it down to at least two hours at most um and it just like the fact that they're they're like three hour epic movies um and then compare that to the new ones where they are they're maybe two two hours ten minutes and they're definitely trying to wrap up wrap up what they're doing quickly as possible um it doesn't they've lost this sort of that weird flair where i feel like even if you didn't like the second or third movie i feel like in 10 years time if you by chance watch them again, you will really appreciate them. At the very least, appreciate them um, yeah. for what they what they what they are. Um, and I can't really see that with the fourth, fifth ones. 
um, mm -hmm. happening. Um, yeah, so kind of the end now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Jay, do you want to um, like advertise anything you're doing, like anything Instagram-wise? Um, well, I just want to say thanks for having us on the show. Uh, it's been really great. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm sort of just jumping on on different podcasts with other people. <laughs> uh, to sort of advertise, you know, everything I'm doing uh, to promote sort of better mental and physical health, uh, mm -hmm. especially in these in these grave times with the pandemic and, and stuff going on. Uh, so if you just want to keep sort of up to date, you know, the YouTube channels, www.youtube.com forward slash JC Life or the Instagrams, Instagram.com at underscore Jason dot Collins. Uh, and you can check out all the training I'm doing for my professional boxing match, as well as all the sort of uh, podcasts and let's talks I'm doing with people from all over the world, um, just about mental health. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd be like, you'd be nice having you on, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't really get that many guests. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, love it. I love making little pop-ups here and there, and especially because you know we've been to college together, Henry. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's lovely catching up, really. Like a little reunion about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I, I really recommend um, following you on Instagram or the YouTube. You're doing some really great stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we'll yeah. put links in the description for the episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, we'll tag you in the Instagram posts as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for us, if you want to follow us, um, it's at Marvelous Cinema Podcast on Instagram. And for Twitter, it's at Cinema Marvelous. Um, yeah, so at the moment we're just doing like opinion posts and just general reviews. Uh, next week we're doing Star Wars reviews, I think, every other day maybe. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, so if you want to do that, you can follow us there. Um, yeah, so this has been a really good episode. <laughs> it has been real fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goodbye, Thank I guess. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye. Sorry. Goodbye.